Hello, and welcome back to Roushing to Judgment. Um, I am recording this episode on Thursday, October 12, 2023, and I want to mark that fact because uh, I was always going to do this episode because I think it's just a somewhat, you know, perhaps somewhat unique thought I have that hasn't been expressed very often, but... I thought I'd do it a bit sooner in light of the fact that, um, you know, I think this episode is going to come out pretty soon from now, and people will still be thinking about the recent uh, flare-up in the Palestine-Israel conflict. Um, You know, as many of you probably heard on the news already, basically Hamas... um, just launched this big attack that included um, taking hostages, you know, included, uh, I mean, innocent people have been hurt, included, including women and children. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll just give you the very short version of my take on it politically, because I think you can find this take from just about any, you know, leftist, uh, specifically my half of the left would have this take, I think, more often and would probably voice it a little more strongly than people on the other half of the left. But you can look at just about anyone like, you know, Brianna Joy Gray, Revolutionary Blackout Network people, Do Dissidents, um, uh, Right Brain TV, which um, I had on uh, Kevin, the founder on the podcast. He's great. All, all those kinds of people are going to have this take, which I think is the correct take, where, of course, we condone all violence. We're very pro-peace, anti-war people. Uh, you know, we don't condone um, any kind of harm coming to innocent people on either side. And, uh, and you, can, you can condone that, uh, you, you can um, uh, condemn that violence and also, you know, at, at the same time, without it conflicting, acknowledge that... Um, the root cause of all of this is the creation of Israel and the uh, conquest of Israel settling, conquering Palestinian land, displacing people, taking their homes, um, creating an apartheid state, mostly with U.S. taxpayer dollars, which is not our fault. You know, I've never once in my life voted for my taxpayer dollars to be spent on any kind of war. Even Afghanistan, even as a kid, I was against Afghanistan from the very beginning. I didn't get why it made sense to... It didn't make sense to me to use a war in response to a small group of people blowing up a building, you know, it's not like, not like Pearl Harbor or something like that, where their official military attacked us. Um, so anyway, that's the stance that everyone has. Uh, and obviously, you know, that is not to say that any innocent people in Israel deserve 
what is happening to them. Um, of course, like no person who is just born somewhere and is trying to live their life uh, deserves for anything like that to happen to them. It's just acknowledging that, you know, if you say all these horrible things about Hamas and you say that they're doing this and that and they're a terrorist organization or whatever, well, okay, by that standard, then the Israeli government is also a terrorist organization because, you know, I mean, kidnapping children, kidnapping women, killing women and children, killing unarmed civilians, that's like, Israel does that all the time, provoked or unprovoked. And even when it is, you know, provoked, quote unquote, again, it's it's in response to colonizing, you know, conquering land that doesn't belong to them, um, that they had not been living in at least since 1948. Uh, so anyway, I, I wanted to do this episode about this idea of having a Jewish state and me being Jewish and, um, and being opposed to that despite being Jewish ethnically because of the timing of what's going on, and specifically because this is the first time since I've been observing this conflict, since I was a kid and I've had any kind of opinion on this, since I spent the night in a Palestinian refugee camp when I was a kid, which is a whole other episode I'll probably do right after this. Um, you know, I've looked at the map, right, of Israel. You, you see this map of 1948, and then you see what happens after, and see the Israelis taking more and more land. And, you know, the ultimate goal is to have this Jewish state and, and to take every bit of land from the Palestinians and to either just not have the Palestinians be part of that land or to only have them exist in that land if they're okay with a docile, submissive, uh, second-class status where, you know, they're like the servant class or they're the construction workers or something, and they're never fighting back. They're never, you know, uh, doing anything like what Hamas is doing. Um and it, it, it feels more timely to me now because it's the first time where I've observed this conflict where the annihilation of Palestinian land feels very imminent, meaning that sort of the completion of this Jewish state that the Zionist groups and the Zionist government of Israel has imagined and, and craved for so many years it means the completion of that could be imminent too because, you know, if they totally level Gaza and then they use this latest conflict as an excuse to kind of pick apart the other pieces of land that are left, I, I, there's not much left, right? I mean, and it, I, I do, I, I'm not totally sure, but it, it feels possible. Like all the other conflicts I witnessed, you know, I never thought to myself like, okay, this could be the time when the Palestinian land is just totally wiped out and it's like 99% done. But I feel that way this time. 
And my mom and I actually were having an interesting conversation about it where we were saying that maybe Hamas and and the people who support Hamas and have taken part in what they're doing, um, whether you want to think of them as in, innocent or not, I, I think they might be doing this because they know that they're going to be done soon. They know that it's just inevitable that Israel is going to finish this project, which means wiping out all of their land, taking everything from them. And they figure if they can't change that outcome, then maybe they can cause Israel as much pain as possible um, while that outcome is happening. Which is very sad, you know, it's a very sad mindset and, but I don't know, if someone did that to me, I mean, if my people have dealt with nearly a century of basically, uh, you know, white people backed by the strongest nation on earth just coming and taking all of my land and not be really being able to do much about it. I'd feel desperate and angry and spiteful. Um, I don't know. I, I would be tempted probably to take the violent, you know, course. Um, so it's just very sad. But anyway, back, you know, connecting this all to the core topic, right? I'm, uh, for those of you who don't know already, I'm half Ashkenazi and half uh, Lebanese. So I'm not Palestinian ethnically, but I feel a connection to that group because I know Palestinians. I went to a Palestinian refugee camp in Lebanon. Um, you know, I mean, generally, like, to be Arab almost always means that you're going to be more sympathetic to the Palestinians. Um, not that the... I mean... To clarify, there is a difference between, I, I guess maybe to put it more accurately, to, to be Arab is generally to be critical of Israeli government policies, or even just to flat out hate Israel. Not necessarily the people, but just the idea of Israel uh, and everything like that. It doesn't necessarily mean you're supportive of Palestinians. Like, I've seen a lot of Lebanese look down on Palestinians and kind of just you know, which, which I don't like, and I wish that wasn't a thing. But, um, you know, so, so because I have Arab blood and Ashkenazi blood, people have often expected me to be conflicted, and they've sort of asked things, especially when I've talked to Zionists, you know. I've actually had friendly conversations with, um, with Zionists, and... They've asked me, like, well, you're half Jewish. Like, don't you want a Jewish state? Like, think about everything that happened to our people in the Holocaust. You know, don't you want them to have a land that they can call their own? And um, sometimes they're pretty shocked and surprised when I kind of bluntly say, like, I don't care if Jewish people have their own state. And I think it's 
I think it would have been better if Israel hadn't been formed either at all or at least if it hadn't been formed on Palestinian land. Certainly, I believe that. And that might be shocking to some of you listening, especially if you're Ashkenazi as well. Um, And granted, like I say Jewish because that's the language people are used to to refer to... um, Ashkenazis, but, uh, you know, I'm meeting people where they're at, but I actually think that that whole language schema really doesn't make sense. And the word Jewish ideally should only refer to someone who practices the religion regardless of their ethnicity. But, you know, that's a whole separate episode I'm going to have about how I think that word should just be totally changed in terms of how we think about it. Um, but anyway, like, yeah, that, that, that tends to really shock people. Um, and it isn't because I have anything against my own ethnic group or against any particular religion or anything like that. I am opposed to the idea of uh, what I think is called an ethnostate and certainly a religious state. I'm opposed to the idea of any kind of state where you say this state is only for this kind of person or where you say this state is primarily for this kind of person. Because when you do that, you're setting up, you know, a bunch of different scenarios, all of which are really bad either where people who aren't in that identity group just can't come in. You know, it's like totally isolationist. You, you can't go there. You can't even travel there, certainly not live there or work there. Um, and then, you know, you don't have mixed race marriages, right? Which is, I'm a product of that. You know, my dad's Ashkenazi and my mom's Lebanese. Uh, and then same with religion, like, okay, if you're saying this place is only for people who are willing to practice a certain religion, well, then what happens to the other religions? What about secular people? What happens if you're born there and you don't want to practice that religion? Do you just have to leave? You have to leave this place you're born in? What if you like it otherwise and you don't want to leave? Um, and, and, you know, when anyone makes any kind of country like that, it's, it either means purifying it either through ethnic cleansing, religious cleansing, or just expulsion. So, you know, displacing people in a horrible way or killing them or locking them up. Or it means that you do tolerate the existence of other types of people as second-class citizens. On average. I'm not saying, like, you know, if you're not the main ethnic group in some sort of ethnic state or, or religious state or whatever like that, it doesn't necessarily mean it's, like, impossible for you to be upper class or to have wealth or anything like that, but it's much less common... Um, and I'm just opposed to 
countries being formed that way. I think that's just a horrible idea. It exponentially increases the amount of discrimination, uh, class divisions, conflict, resentment, um, all kinds of issues like that. And that's what we've seen since the founding of Israel, right? It's like, okay, let's make this Jewish state in a place where there's a whole other group of people living. And so we'll either just kill them or force them out. Or maybe some of them can stay, but they're not going to actually rule, you know, the country with us. Like, no way, right? Um, and, you know, the, I mean, Palestine uh, or Israel is not the only place where that's, um, that's happened, right? Like, you know, Iran is a Shia Muslim state. Um, you know, they had this whole Islamic revolution and, you know, I mean, it just went from one form of tyranny to another. Uh, and if you're not Shia, if you're, if you're not like ethnically Iranian and Shia, then you're not, you're probably not going to have as good of a time living in Iran <laughs> as, and I, you know, I'm not an Iran expert by any means, but I have traveled there. It's not like I have some ignorant opinion about it. Um, and I had an Iranian roommate too, who was Baha'i and I talked to him about it. Uh, so, you know, I don't think having any kind of ethnic or religious state has ever worked out for anyone. Right. So I'm just opposed to it in general. And then when people bring up the specific instance of, well, but this horrible thing of the horror of the Holocaust happened to Ashkenazis. So don't you think there's a justification there because of the Holocaust? And I say, no, absolutely not. The, when something horrible happens to a group of people, it's not a justification for them to go do a version of that horrible thing to another group of people. Because I really, I, I, you know, again, this is one of those takes I have that's, that, is really extreme for a lot of people, but I do see a lot of parallels between what the Nazis did to the Ashkenazi uh, people in Germany and what the Israelis have done to the Palestinians. They both involve ethnic cleansing, seizing property, seizing, you know, uh, land resources, controlling land and resources, imprisoning people, um, you know, creating this lower class based on your ethnicity. Uh, I would just say that the Israel, what, what the Israelis have done to the Palestinians is more gradual than the Holocaust, I'd say is, is the main difference. And it's, I guess, another main difference is it sort of involves this conquest of land. Um, but, you know, the fundamental similarity is there, right, in creating this pure ethnic state that you want, which involves ethnically cleansing the people you think don't really fit into that. And either just killing all of them or killing all of them except the few people who are willing to just be like, 
okay, yes, I'll, I'll submit. I'll do anything to survive. I'm not going to get in your way. And there were people who did that in the Holocaust, right? There were Jews who just, you know, they were they were like the ones who were telling the Nazis where to find the other Jews, right? Like that was maybe one of the, the only ways you could survive. Um, I think it's been similar to some degree in, in Palestine where, you know, one of the only ways you could kind of survive there is to to be part of the servant class to... Israelis. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't think the Holocaust is a justification to have a, um, ethnic state for Ashkenazis. Uh, and because I'm opposed to ethnic states, period. And because, okay, you know, let's, let's say for argument's sake, even if I did agree, yes, the Holocaust was so horrible, so we should have this Jewish state. I certainly wouldn't want it to be formed on Palestinian land. Um, I, you know, it could be formed somewhere else, or it could be very small, or or whatever, right? Like, I... So anyway, it's just kind of a moot point for me, because I'm fundamentally opposed to those kinds of states, and even if I wasn't, I still wouldn't have supported the specific way Israel was created. Um, and there actually are a lot of Ashkenazi uh, people, even those who identify as being religiously Jewish as well, who feel the same way I do. You know, obviously my dad is one of them, and he, uh, him and my mom imparted a lot of wisdom to me growing up. I most members even of the Jewish side of my family are very pro-Palestine. You know, they don't want the occupation or any kind of apartheid state or anything like that. Um, there are some amazing Ashkenazi activists, like uh, Israeli activists, like Miko Pelid, um, who are very pro-Palestine. Uh, I'm going to promote his book, maybe eventually try to get him on the podcast Katie Halper is another great voice. She's um, uh, presumably Ashkenazi. And uh, so that's that's another big issue I want to get into, right, is um, there's this kind of muddying of like, well, you say Jewish, does that mean all people who are practicing Judaism? Because you can be any ethnicity and practice Judaism, or does that mean any ethnic group that would be described as Jewish. Um, you know, you can argue this all day long, but my take on it, and, and you know, it's not, I'm, I form this opinion based on my perception of history and on a lot of empirical evidence. When people talk about, especially when Zionists talk about wanting a Jewish state, they don't mean a religious Jewish state, all right? Like, they'll say otherwise to save face, but I guarantee you that the average Zionist is not imagining a Jewish state filled with people practicing the religion of Judaism who are from all kinds of ethnic groups, right? They're not imagining sort of like a melting pot, kind of similar to the U.S., but if everyone was practicing Judaism, right? They're not thinking about a synagogue where you have black families and 
Hispanic families and Asian families and Arab families. That's not what their vision is for it at all. And if, and if you disagree with me, just look at the average identity of the settlers. They're all Ashkenazi. They're all Ashkenazi and they're all like, you know, and it's not even just any form of practicing Judaism. They're all Ashkenazi and they're all like ultra like Orthodox. So when people, when, when Zionists and, you know, those kinds of pro-Israel people talk about a Jewish state, what they won't say out loud, even though it's very clear from the evidence that that's what they want, is that they want a white state. They want an Ashkenazi state. And I would bet you that the Ashkenazi part, even though the religious part is important to them, I would bet you that the Ashkenazi part is way more important to them. And again, there's empirical evidence for that, right? There are a lot of Ashkenazi people from the U.S. who moved to Israel so they can help colonize it. And they aren't necessarily as religious as the Israeli Jews there, but they're welcomed with open arms. There was a woman, uh, I, I was watching an episode of Rising from the Hill, and they interviewed this woman who came from the States and settled over there and, you know, is procreating. And, you know, that's what they want, right? That's, uh, that's what birthright is part of. They want white Ashkenazi people from America to go over there and help them colonize it and fuck like bunny rabbits and pump out more Jewish kids so that they can have more white people expanding and just expanding that population there. And, you know, it's funny because it shows you that the even, you know, based on the what the more logical meaning of the word Jewish, it shows you that this idea of a Jewish state is all a lie because there are ethnic groups that would kind of fall under this umbrella, which again, I don't think the language makes any sense, but there's sort of this umbrella of saying that you're Jewish ethnically, and then there's the Ashkenazis, that's what I am, that's the white Jews, and then there's the Sephardis, Sephardic Jews, which I guess is more kind of, um, you know, brown, just like darker skinned. And then there's the... Um, I think you call them Mitzrahi, which are kind of the more like Arab Jews. And, you know, again, just look at the composition of the ruling class in Israel. It is Ashkenazi. So even if you practice Judaism and even if you fall under that, you know, mislabeled Jewish ethnic group umbrella, if you're Sephardi or Mitzrahi, you are always going to be second to the Ashkenazis. They are always going to be on top. I guarantee you that they, they would not allow anyone, not even another Jewish ethnic group, not even a, you know, the most devout Jewish person in the world. If you're not Ashkenazi, you're, you're not, your chance of being someone who can you know, be prime minister or be high up in the military or whatever it is, just plummets way down. And, um, you know, that's why, I mean, Miko said this on uh, a, 
an episode um, of the Katie Helper show I was listening to that was really good where she interviewed him. He said, that's why Zionism, you can dress it up all you want, but it's just another form of racism. It is another form of white supremacy. And I think that when you found a nation specifically with the goal of white white supremacy and a white state, it's just immeasurably dangerous. And it doesn't help the Jewish people, you know, or, they, or even to put it in the language I think is more accurate and specific, it, it doesn't help Ashkenazis. And I'll tell you why it doesn't help Ashkenazis, because, okay, even if you're one of the, you know, the settlers, you're, you're, you're someone living in Tel Aviv, whatever it is, um, and your day-to-day life is fine, and maybe you're enjoying it and you're thinking, oh, this is great, I get to live in this wonderful Jewish state. Uh, well, okay, what about all the days when there are conflicts like this? Because you can't change the fact that all of that land was taken away from people. And it's not like the situation with the Native Americans where they're nearly wiped out and they're not actively trying to take that land back and they're not really actively trying to cause pain to the um, white people who did that to them, mostly just because a lot of time has gone by. But I remember I was watching the interview on Rising with the woman from America, and she's like, "Yeah, I had to take my kids to a bomb shelter, and I had to da da da." I was like, "What? Like, why'd you go live there then? Why are you so into this idea of the Jewish state if it means that you have to go through all of that, where you're in constant danger of the people you're colonizing bombing the shit out of you, and and rising up and doing." Whatever it is, and I mean, to answer my own question, I, I think the mindset a lot of Zionists have is they think, well, that's the cost of doing this whole project, but if we totally wipe out the Palestinians, if they're just so crushed and there's nothing left and Hamas is like, you know, doesn't even have any bases anymore, well, then maybe it'll stop. And then we, we get our Jewish state, And then it's fine. Uh, And I would say to that, like, well, okay, but then the cost of that is you have to live forever with the shame of your people being involved in the ethnic cleansing of another group of people, right? Like, think of how much shame Germany went through after the Holocaust. They still haven't lived that down. They might never live that down. hundred years could go by from now and people might still be talking about the Holocaust and associating that with Germany. It is such a stain on that country's history. And, you know, as an Ashkenazi, half Ashkenazi person, I don't want that stain on the history of my ethnic group. Now, of course, like every ethnic group has done something horrible at some point in history, but Israel is... It's very recent, it's ongoing. And most people in the world hate Israel. (laughs) Most people in the world hate 
the Ashkenazi state. And I don't know, I guess if you're a Zionist, maybe you have the mindset of like, well, fuck what other people think. Like, we got what we wanted. But it it's come at the cost of, like, let's, okay, again, let's say that they finished the ethnic cleansing of the Palestinians, more or less. All right, you've created this white supremacist state surrounded by all these countries you've had wars with and have invaded such as Lebanon you know it's like I I'm not Palestinian but I you know I got a dog in the fight I have family in Lebanon who have had their you know lives endangered by Israeli invasions and now as Israel is is going after Lebanon again as part of this conflict because Hezbollah is involved I mean is that really the kind of state you want to create where it's like for the whole rest of the lifespan of your state, all of the countries around you are going to hate you and be looking at every opportunity they can to get back at you, to team up against you. And also, frankly, I wouldn't be proud of building a state on taxpayer money from another country. That just feels very pathetic to me, you know? Like if you, if you go out, like, you know what I would be proud of? Like I wouldn't make it an ethno state or a religious state, but if I went out to some piece of land somewhere that nobody's living there and it's not, you know, affiliated with any ethnicity or, or, or region or whatever, and I, you know, build a coalition of people and we use our hard earned money and resources and everything and we build it up. And, you know, now it's, it's this wonderful place and we haven't harmed anyone in doing it. Um, I'd be proud of that. And I've actually seen um, on YouTube some projects of people kind of doing that with ghost towns in America in the middle of the country. That's great, right? You want to go and, and make like a settlement in a, in a ghost town? No one around for dozens maybe even more miles than that and, and make it this welcoming place where people can come and help you develop it and, and live there, you know, then that's wonderful. But I don't think I would really be proud of basically doing this big real estate project that is only possible because of massive handouts from the U.S., there's no way they could have made Israel without the backing of first the UK and then the US. So, you know, I just, there's, I just don't think there's any legitimate pride to be had there. Because again, okay, if you're, if you're a Zionist and, you know, maybe it was just coming from your ingenuity and your whatever it was, and there wasn't this sugar daddy of the U.S., then okay, even if you're some, you know, bloodthirsty ethnic cleanser, at least you could kind of say like, well, we, you know, we built this on our own and look at everything we did. But it's like, you, you, they couldn't have done it without us, you know, without our taxpayer dollars being forcibly extracted. We never have a choice on this. We don't get to vote on it and just sent to this other country so that they can have 
on average, the Ashkenazis anyway, a better standard of living and better health care, it's a handout, you know? And look, I'm, I'm, not, I'm all for a social safety net and all kinds of things, and I've certainly had help from, uh, from people in my life, you know, from family members, but, you know, it's not a source of pride for me when I've had some sort of handout that helps me accomplish something. So anyway, I mean, I think I'll wrap up the episode soon because, you know, I've explained now from every possible mental angle you can look at it, I don't think uh, having, you know, any kind of ethno or religious state is a net positive for the for the world, certainly not, and certainly not for large quantities of people who live in those places. You know, again, like if you're, if you don't mind that rockets and, you know, could hail down on you at any minute or, or your kid or spouse or whatever could, could be taken hostage because of how the country is being formed, if you don't mind that and you like your daily life and it makes you feel good knowing that you're one of the, the you know, you're in that ethnic group where the country was built on, I, okay, I guess that's fine if you feel good about that. But I don't think that's something to feel good about. Um, and, you know... I mean, as an Ashkenazi, like I, I'm, I'm imagining, you know, my kids asking me about history, the history of that half of, of my people. And I guess I personally don't maybe have anything to be ashamed of because I don't have relatives in Israel as far as I know. Like my family, um, I think, was already in America even before the Holocaust, actually, um, which maybe is part of why I'm not as connected to it. But, you know, if my kid asked me like, oh, like what, what, have, what have been the big Ashkenazi, <laughs> you know, achievements of the past, uh, you know, 21st and 20th century? Well, it's like, I'd be like, all right, well, you got SNL. Um, you've got, uh, you know, lots of wonderful literature um, you have ethnic, uh, ethnically cleansing an entire group of people. Be like, oh, what was that last one? Oh, let's just skip over that one. You don't need to, nothing. You'll, you'll learn about it later. Like I, I would be hard to talk about that, to it, it have to tell my kids that that's something that this group of people I am a part of, at least blood wise, has done something like that in the same way that, you know, it's, it felt awful to learn about slavery and to learn about uh, the ethnic cleansing of the Native Americans. You know, that's not something white people are proud of. Like, if you talk about uh, being white in America, that shit makes it, slavery, you know, wiping out the Native Americans, that, that makes people uncomfortable. Like, rightfully so. They're not proud of that. They feel bad about it, they know they were in the wrong. So I think we're, you're just setting up that situation. Um, 
Anyway, I'm rambling as usual. That's why it's Roushing and Judgment. But uh, I'm going to wrap this episode up and I probably am going to do the next episode on my visit to a Palestinian refugee camp. Um, maybe after that, I'll do that episode I mentioned about the, uh, you know, why I think using the word Jewish to refer to ethnicities really doesn't make sense. Um, I might have a few episodes like that. Like I'm going to do the same thing with vaccine because I think COVID basically changed our collective mental consensus on what a vaccine is, uh, in a way that I think is really bad for society. So I might have a few episodes like that. And, you know, normally I don't do the same topic back to back to back, but I, you know, this is going to be in the news for a while. And again, right. Like I think I have a pretty unique perspective as someone who is half Ashkenazi, half Arab, who has lived in Lebanon, who has, um, been to a Palestinian refugee camp. So, you know, next two, three, maybe even more episodes, I might really be talking about all of that. Um, because I think it's a good opportunity to get people exposed to my perspective. You know, not that obviously it's not good that any of this is happening, but uh, I think it it's the right time for me to talk about this because, you know, I'm not like my tweets and all that stuff are not really going to be any different than someone like uh, a Brianna Joy Gray or a, you know, do dissidents or revolutionary blackout network, Katie Halper, Miko Pellet, etc. It's all, we all share that consensus. But what I do have to offer you is um, unique and hopefully interesting personal experiences and perspectives that are related to the news at hand. So Tune in next time, as usual, if you want to support uh, this podcast and the entire Joseph Rausch business, you can donate on Spotify. You can do as low as 99 cents a month, if I'm not mistaken. You can sign up on Patreon. If you do, you'll get a shout out every single episode. As of me recording that, the Patreon benefits could change depending on like how many people we get and whether it's realistic for me to do that. Um, obviously, you can always buy my books. There's The Last of the Mentally Ill, Teach Me How to Die. Those are my two novels. Both of them have uh, a multiracial main character, if you enjoyed that part of the discussion. And I even have a PayPal. You can literally just send me a dollar on my PayPal, and that actually helps. Um, so... Yeah, tune in again for more of my regular rants and more talk about uh, what's going on in the Middle East. Adios.